Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hey there guys, Frank Flake here from Ethical Property Partners, the place where we help you to make annual returns on your property on a monthly basis. In this episode, I'm going to be covering one of our most important educational concepts. Now we've got over 50 of these educational concepts and normally when I start talking about an educational concept, people sit back in their chairs, fold their arms, you know, give a bit of a sigh because, oh, he's talking about that fluffy mental stuff again. It comes back time and time again. If one of my clients is failing to succeed in an area of their business, they're not converting enough help visits or they're not making enough cash flow from the deals that they're doing or they are not getting the return they want from their marketing it nearly always in fact I would go so far as to say it always boils back down to an educational concept as many of the greats say Jim Rohn said this Brian Tracy said this Zig Ziglar said this and if you haven't heard those guys speak go find some audio of them I think I might be wrong in saying this, but I think they're all dead now. But there's some amazing audios on all three of those guys. And they talk about the law of nature. Now, they lived a long time ago, or they were alive a long time ago. They might still be alive. I know Jim Rohn's passed away. I think Zig Ziglar has. Sorry, Zig, if you're still alive. And 50-50 on whether Brian Tracy's alive. (laughs) Bless them, all of them. But boy, what value they brought to this world. And what they all talk about is the law of nature if you sow a seed and you nurture it and you water it and you give it warmth and sunlight and nutrition it grows into a harvest that you can then reap and that's brilliant because what they're basically talking about is the sausage machine if you put in quality focused action and that's another educational concept that i'll talk about in another podcast you are guaranteed to get the results you want And that's brilliant for us. So all you have to do is enough focus, concerted, persistent, consistent action, and you'll get the results you want. And that's such an empowering thought. It doesn't mean your first venture is going to succeed. It doesn't mean that that bit of marketing you do is going to get you 10 deals. But it means that if you work in a consistent fashion, you will get the number of deals you desire. You will get the cash flow, the equity, the net worth, growth, etc. that you desire. On the flip side... You can't cheat nature. You can't walk out to your field having not sown any seed, having not watered the field, having not fed it, and just reap a harvest. And that's what a a lot of the snake oil schemes on the internet are. They are get-rich-quick schemes that are trying to cheat nature, which are impossible. And what I want to talk to you about today is one of those most important educational concepts because I come back to this on at least a weekly basis and I catch myself either using it correctly or forgetting to use it and whenever I forget to use it I come unstuck and so I've got some real life examples to give you where I've used this particular educational concept now it's called 
the competency consciousness matrix. Really snazzy title, I know. But I first, and I've talked about this on the podcast, but I've never gone into this level of depth and I've never dedicated an entire episode to it. So I first was introduced to this concept and I can remember exactly where I was sat. I was at Cambridge University, my tutor was stood at the front of the the room there's maybe a hundred of us in the audience she stood up Elaine Wilson I'll give you a shout out Elaine she's brilliant she taught me to teach I did my PGCE at Cambridge at Humberton College Elaine Wilson was amazing I still use loads of what she taught me phenomenal teacher I emulate some of the stuff she does um I employ what she taught me etc it's funny how amazing teachers stay with you isn't it she was at the front and she said let me explain this concept to you and she drew it on the board and she talked about competency and consciousness my eyes glazed over I consciously switched off I was like oh I'm not going to use this this isn't relevant to teaching 15 year old secondary science you know and The only bit I can remember of it, I can remember she covered it. And the only reason I can remember is she talked about David Brent, isn't it, from The Office? Yeah, that's it's Ricky Gervais, isn't it? But I think the the character is David Brent, I think. And I, I love The Office. I remember thinking, ah, so he's unconsciously incompetent. He's rubbish and he doesn't realize he's rubbish. He thinks he's great. And that's all I can remember about it. And they say, don't they, that when the student is ready, the teacher appears and in this episode I'm going to keep coming back to that concept of you will get out of your life what you're ready to get you will receive results that are perfectly adapted perfectly matched to the value you're bringing to the world and that sounds a bit woo-woo but it really is spot on if you believe you can do big deals if you believe you can make 10 20 30,000 pounds a month you will if you, in the depth of your soul, don't believe you're worthy, you won't. It will manifest itself in the way you move, in the way you speak, in the, the decisions you make, the actions you take. You will self-sabotage. And so I want to come back to that concept as we go through the competency and consciousness matrix. Quick overview of the matrix If you want to draw this on a bit of paper, it will help you through the rest of the podcast, but you don't need to. So a matrix is basically a big square split into four smaller squares evenly. That's it. So you've got four squares now that make up a big square. And in the bottom left hand corner, you're going to have unconsciously incompetent. That is, and I'm going to use a really easy metaphor or example to go around the four quadrants. And the four quadrants are just the four quarters of the big square and then I'm going to give real life examples from my property investing business and my business life currently so unconsciously incompetent means you're rubbish and you don't realize you're rubbish it's the most dangerous quadrant because you're unaware of your inability to do something or you're unaware of your inexperience so David Brent's a good example he's an awful leader he's absolutely rubbish but he thinks he's amazing That is where you take risk after risk. And the analogy that I'm going to use is the two-year-old who doesn't realize that they can't tie their shoelaces. They don't even realize shoelaces exist. Their level of awareness is so low because they're focusing on everything else. They don't realize that people have things called shoes and that some of those things called shoes have these things called laces and being able to tie your laces is a skill that other people have that they don't because they're two years old. 
in the world of property investing, and one of my distant relatives explained this to me really articulately, and he was, I want to say he was my grandmother's nephew, something like that, it was quite a distant relation. And when I was coming out of teaching about 14, 15 years ago, I phoned just everyone in the world that I could have a phone call with that I was related to or knew in some way to ask their advice about how to get into property, what they recommended. I got loads of different answers. But this particular guy, I can't even remember his name now, was really helpful. Gave me about 15, 20 minutes of his time. Just phoned him out of the blue. My mum had asked someone else for his number. And I said, look, I'm, they all call me Frankie on that side of the family. It's Frankie here. I wondered if I could pick your brains. And he was actually on site, bless him. And he said to his guys, guys, just give me 10, 15 minutes. I'm just going to have this call. And he sat down and he said, yeah, let me talk you through it, Frank. I think he started with about 300 grand and which, you know, 15 years ago, I guess went a bit further than it does now. And he'd buy one property and he said, stay away from the 100, 150. 50 grand properties which is fascinating because I've, <laughs> I've basically specialized in those and he said he bought these 300 grand properties 200 grand properties maybe got a bit lending would do them up over six months and then sell them for a profit and what he said was the funny thing is in a rising market I'm not sure I add any value I think actually some of the deals I've done I could have done no work and made just as much money I could have sat around for six months and done read the paper and just sold the property because the properties are going up that quickly. And this was 2007, 2008 kind of time when the market was rising really quickly. And that is not a two-year-old who doesn't know how to tie their laces. He was consciously incompetent. And what I mean by that is he, so this is the next quadrant. So we were bottom left, now we're top left, consciously incompetent. So still incompetent. What he was saying was, I'm not sure I add any value. So it'd be the equivalent of David Brent going, I realize I'm a bit of a rubbish leader. I realize that I upset people. I realize that not all my jokes are funny. I realize that I'm inappropriate. It's not a two-year-old now, it's the four-year-old who realizes there's these things called laces and realizes they can't tie their laces, realizes they've got Velcro. Or in the example of my distant relative, realizes that actually if he buys a property for 250, spends 50 on it and then sells it for 400, he's made 100 grand, but actually he could have bought it for 250, spent nothing on it and sold it for 350 and made himself 100 grand without doing the work. That was basically what he was saying, which is a very self-aware statement to make. It's, it's a very humble statement to make as well, which is probably why he was so successful, because he wasn't living off a big ego. The example for the first quadrant, so the unconsciously incompetent, is if you have a million monkeys. This is a, a, a scientific um, principle. A million monkeys, and they all bet on the stock market. So they all hit a button that says the market's gonna go up tomorrow or it's gonna go down tomorrow. And statistically, half will say it goes up and half will say it goes down. The next day, the half that got the question right are able to bet again. And the half that got the question wrong, they're discarded. So you got half a million monkeys now and half say the market's gonna go up and half say the market's gonna go down and half are right. Anyway, if you repeat that for 30 odd days, you don't have as many m monkeys now. You've got a fraction of the number you had. But these monkeys, if you looked at their trading history, they look like they're the best investors in the world because they can accurately predict the performance of the market perfectly. But they're still monkeys.
and they actually don't understand a thing about the market and they're 50-50 likely to get it wrong tomorrow. They are unconsciously incompetent. They don't know that they are rubbish at investing. But it's the people that get good results through chance and then think they're amazing like David Brent who are the most risky. They're the most likely to lose it. And I spend a bit of time in Northern Ireland with the partners over there. A lot of people lost their shirt in the Celtic Tiger because they were getting amazing results. So they thought they were amazing. I've heard stories of people who were betting everything on farmland because if you got planning permission on farmland and could build houses, you were instantly able to sell that land just with planning permission. And so that's huge. There were huge amounts of profits to be made. There was a really famous singer who was performing to tens of thousands of people, but was actually technically bankrupt from all the land he bought in Ireland when the bubble burst. But what's a singer doing buying options on farmland in Northern Ireland? You know, it was just poor investment advice from his advisors. But because it had worked a few times, he went all in. He literally bet the farm on all his land and then lost it. So we've covered unconsciously incompetent. We've then gone on to consciously incompetent. So this is the four-year-old who realizes there's such a thing as laces and realizes he can't tie them. And then you go across the top now. So we've done bottom left, top left. Now we're going across the top right and you move into consciousness now. So you're now consciously competent. So we were incompetent on the left hand side unconsciously incompetent bottom left then we were consciously incompetent we knew that we couldn't do something and now we move across to consciously competent so now it's a six-year-old who can tie his shoelaces if he really thinks about it so he has to focus on his laces you know he might have to put his foot up on a stool and he has to go right um right over left left over right you know through the little hole make the loop, blah, blah, blah. He can tie his shoelaces if he's 100% focused on it. That is consciously competent. It could be Ricky Gervais, David Brent, who's been on a few courses and he's about to crack a really inappropriate joke and he goes, oh, no, this is, this is what that course was on about. Right, this is where I upset people. Well done, that's brilliant. Good job there. And they, they would almost turn around and go, what? <laughs> he just said something appropriate. <laughs> He's just encouraged me. That would be the equivalent of consciously having to do it. And then finally, you come down on the right-hand side, so that's top right. Bottom right is a really unusual concept. And this is, I think, where I lost it in university and, and didn't get the concept. Unconsciously competent how can you be unconsciously competent well it's you or i doing up our shoelaces i could actually do my shoelaces up whilst talking to you on the podcast now you can be in a busy room talking to your son or daughter or other half about something and do your shoelaces up you can do it without thinking you're good at doing it without thinking that would be elaine wilson being able to teach in fact coaching for me i'm unconsciously competent i can sit down with a client and just listen to them for 15 or 20 minutes and it comes naturally to me. I've done so much of that. I've been in the room and watched Brad Sugars coaching people. He's a world-class coach. I've been in the room and watched Tony Robbins coach people. He's a world-class coach. Those experiences, I've had my own coaches for years now. I've had multiple coaches with different styles. All of that soaks in. And so now I'm able to coach at what I think is a really high level. 
I don't do everything at a high level, but I do think my coaching ability is at a high level. My questioning ability, my ability to judge the level of challenge that someone can deal with in that particular moment without breaking them, without them giving up, but enough to challenge them, enough to help them to realize that they need to change an aspect of their approach in order to get better results. That's an unconsciously competent skill. I can do it without thinking. So we've been around the four quadrants. Let me relate this to my current business. And I've got some real life examples for you. So I'm doing a deal at the moment. I'm going to start off in in the bottom left quadrant. So I'm going to go back to the start because this is what you want to do. You want to progress all the way around the competency consciousness matrix you start off bottom left on everything and you want to get to bottom right on everything by going up across and then back down so those of you that didn't draw this are now wishing that you drew this out right (laughs) so at the moment i am buying 26 units with a business partner i've never bought 26 units in one go before in fact I think probably the most I've ever bought in one go is three. I'm trying to think of a deal where I did more than three. I can't think of one. There may be one, but certainly never done 26. Because of that, there's lots of elements of that that transaction that I've never come across before. And I didn't know that I didn't know. So some examples are stamp duty on multiple dwellings. I'm paying 2.5 million for these 26 properties they're worth we've now had them valued at 3.6 so we're getting them at 1.1 million below market value quite a good bmv they're all tenanted they're all in decent condition worst case scenario on the stamp duty is about 300,000 pounds but actually having now employed quality accountants to look at this and that's a concept that i'm going to come back to you can shortcut your way around the competency matrix by paying quality professionals so you don't have to do this by experience you can pay someone to just show you how to do it and that is such an efficient way of doing it so I've paid my accountant I don't even know how much I've paid him I bet he's going to charge me 500 to a thousand pound for the advice on this but we've now got that stamp duty down from worst case scenario 300 grand down to just under 75 grand massive saving 225,000 pound saving just by getting advice i was unconsciously incompetent for sure never even thought about it never even thought oh how would you pay stamp duty on 2.5 million because i've never paid 2.5 million for in a property transaction before it's never been an issue for me but the trick with the competency matrix is to realize what quadrant you're in at all times to raise your self-awareness to the point where you realize which quadrant you're in and so i realized that i knew nothing about multiple dwelling relief nothing about stamp duty on large purchases and so I went to my accountant and I said right Dave how can you help me what are the options here I then learned about linked transactions not looked at those before because I've not done many and also commercial stamp duty on multiple dwelling purchases so we actually have the option to pay commercial stamp duty on this transaction because it's above six dwellings but my question to Dave my accountant was yeah but there's not six titles there we're buying it on less than six titles 26 dwellings but we're buying it on less than six titles and his answer was it doesn't matter it's based on the dwellings and so I was consciously incompetent about two weeks ago on this area then I 
realized and it only took me a few minutes to realize hang on a second I'm unconsciously incompetent here so then I became consciously incompetent right it's the alcoholic who says they don't have a problem that's unconsciously incompetent suddenly realizing they have a problem now they are consciously incompetent in a split second I went I don't know anything about this. So then I paid my accountant to explain it to me. And he went away and did some research and he spoke to an expert. And then he came back to me and he said, here it is, Frank. Now I'm consciously competent. I'm not unconsciously competent. I couldn't do this in my sleep. I couldn't sit down and teach on it because I don't know it that well. But I do know it well enough to sit down, look at our transaction, look at other transactions and look at the rules. And I've gone all the way back to the government guideline on this, HMRC's guidance, and gone, yep, I get that now. So there's an example. Professional indemnity of valuers and lawyers. Never even thought of it before. Of course they're insured. But they have limits to their professional indemnity. And... I now realise that those limits are really low. So the conveyances that we chose to use, they only have PI of 2 million. They cannot legally convey a transaction of 2.5 million. Well, that's an issue for us. And so we've had to split the transaction into two transactions as a minimum in order to stay below their PI threshold. The valuer, to get a valuer who's insured above 2 million is really hard. We couldn't book one in quickly enough. So then we had to instruct them on multiple valuations in order for them to be able to do them in the time frames that we required. I didn't even know that I didn't know that a week ago. And this is why I'm giving you real life examples. I'll give you one more example in this bottom left quadrant before I move on. So I'm out in Menorca at the moment. You might be able to hear the maids in the hotel banging around in the background. I, I figured putting a do not disturb sign on the door was enough, but not, <laughs> they're in other rooms. I always look at property wherever I'm at. And I'm on beautiful Menorca, really small little island. And I drove past a plot of land that I just, it just screamed out to me because if you saw it, it's so ugly, it's untrue. It's like a bus shelter that's been graffitied and smashed up and everything. But on one side of it is an amazing villa looking out to sea. It's got beautiful sea views, little steps down to the beach. And on the other side is another villa. And in the middle is this eyesore of a derelict building. I took a photo of it. It does actually have a for sale board. So I've gone online and looked at how much it's for sale, etc. It's not for me because they've already priced it. You know, all the profit is already in the land at the price they want to sell. But if that had been not for sale or if they'd been selling it you know and in a hurry then I might have been interested the realization that I had again in a heartbeat is I know nothing about Spanish property law I know nothing about buying property on this island I know nothing about development on this island I don't know how much materials are I don't know if there's a shortage or a surplus of builders before I had that thought I was unconsciously incompetent as soon as I'd had that thought I was consciously incompetent I know that I don't know anything about that so the risk goes up. And this is what I need to encourage you to do, guys. You need to be aware of where you're at. If you're thinking of doing development, which quadrant are you in? If you've never done a development before and you're not JVing with someone who has done loads and loads of developments, then you're going to have an issue. It's one of the reasons I do so many JVs is so that I can shortcut and listen here. I'm leveraging I'm leveraging money, I'm leveraging other people in order to shortcut to higher levels on the competency matrix, in order to go around those quadrants faster and get into the competent side of the matrix, the right-hand side of the matrix. And so I'm not going to go ahead with that purchase. I actually looked at it and thought, if I can get that for 50k or less, 
I'm going to buy it, even though I know so little, because I know it's going to be really costly in terms of time and money to do the development in a country I don't understand, in a language that I'm not fluent in, with a load of rules that I need to learn. I'd have to build a power team out here, and all of that the first time you do it is going to cost you, you know, two or three times what it would cost you the second or third time. And I looked and they wanted, I think they wanted 350 for it. If I was a developer in Menorca and I had my own company, it might be a great price, but it's not for me. So that's bottom left, unconsciously incompetent. And as soon as you've had the thought and think, oh, I'm rubbish at this, you instantly catapult up to the top quadrant on the left, which is consciously incompetent. You now know that you're rubbish. So let me give you a few examples on this. I was recently structuring a joint venture with an Irish business partner of mine. Never done business with this gentleman before, but we were structuring a franchise together and we wanted to cover the whole of Ireland. So we sat down with his accountant, who is a specialist in having companies in the Republic of Ireland, so in Europe, and companies in Northern Ireland, the UK, and the interaction between the two. As this guy was explaining this, I realised that I knew nothing about it. So I was bottom left, and then I went to top left. Now, it's so complicated, and we've decided not to go ahead with the JV, that I've not actually crossed across to the conscious side of the quadrant. I'm still there in the top left, knowing that it's a very complex area. Massive tax savings are very good reasons why Amazon, Starbucks, etc. incorporate in the Republic of Ireland, so Southern Ireland. But I understand... And I'm aware, and that's the key word, I'm aware that I don't know enough about that right now. I need to learn more about it if I'm ever going to incorporate in the Republic of Ireland. And that's okay, because now that I know that I don't know and that it's a big area, I can read a book on it. I can go on a course. I can employ some amazing accountants to explain it to me when I need to. But because that JV is not going ahead, I don't need to right now. But I know that I don't know enough about that in order to proceed. Another area is... Um, my divorce. So I'm now going through my divorce with uh, Vanda, my uh, my wife. Very amicable. We've agreed on childcare. We've agreed on splitting of assets, etc. And I've now sat down with an expert to say, right. So this is what we want to happen. How do we make this happen in law? Um, this is my second divorce, but my first divorce was quite early on in my career. I didn't really have many assets to split. It was, we didn't have children. It was a lot simpler. I've got wills, I've got trusts for my children, we've got properties held personally, properties held corporately, we've got properties in other people's names under deed of trust. And I've realised from speaking to some experts that I don't know nearly enough about tax, capital gains tax, trusts, wills, and all of the stuff that comes with a separation of two spouses. And the reason for that is I've never done it before. I've never coached someone through such a complex transaction and I've never done it myself. So I've got a whole load to learn. Now, different to the Irish example, where I may or may not ever learn that because it may or may not crop up, this I need to learn because it's happening right now. And again, this is where I you speak to lawyers. So I, I got a quote for costs. The costs in terms of legals, is anything from 20k to 160k. That's what they've quoted for us to get all this written 
correctly and recorded so that everything is thought of and everything is down and binding so there's no ambiguity that's a lot of money to spend it means that we get around the quadrants it means that we're going to get it done properly and it means i'll learn this whole process correctly which is great because if any of my clients ever go through it i'll be able to advise them really well i'll be in the conscious competent quadrant i won't be unconsciously competent because i'll have only done it once but i'll understand what i need to understand in order to help someone through it (laughs) hopefully i'll never go through it again (laughs) but i guess if i did I'd, i'd know lots about it that is quadrant two so the consciously incompetent i know that i don't know very much about it i know that i'm rubbish at that right now then you move across to the competent side of the the matrix so the consciously competent top right now an example i've got here is doing help visits on below market value transactions now i used to do two or three of these a day i used to take my son with me when he was still in a little carry cart I don't think this is false. Um, I don't think this is bravado. I used to be awesome at these. I remember I bought my mum one once. We did three in a day. She was just visiting and I said, mum, I've got loads of appointments. She said, oh, I'll come anywhere. I'll just come with you. And she was like, oh my goodness, does everyone say yes? I think I signed all three in the day. I said, no, not always, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at this now. And you know, I just have a nice chat with people and they love that I bought my mum with me. <laughs> I said, I need to bring you more often. I was unconsciously competent so I was in quadrant four I used to be able to do those in my sleep and maximize conversion and really smash it but I haven't done a bog standard BMV help visit for years and I know that loads of my clients are better at this than me I know that they are more practiced they're in the flow of doing them and I'm not so I've slipped back from unconsciously competent to consciously competent I could do a really good below market value help visit right now so when we go out to the vendor and sit down and value their property I could do one and I know it'd be pretty good but I'd have to really focus I'd probably have to review or revise the process I'd have to really think about it hard much harder than I would have had to do years ago when I was doing them every day so there's an example of consciously competent another area of this is development so I've done enough developments now to be pretty good at developments but I haven't done so many that it's just a walk in the park I have to really focus on a schedule of work so I have to really focus on the project management and the logistics and the the various aspects of a development like I do know the health and safety rules I know that you have to have you know a hot water for your workers a toilet for your workers and stuff first aid kit on site etc I know that you have certain health and safety requirements in terms of risk assessments etc but I don't know it inside out I'd have to really think about it to do a development properly and efficiently and profitably so that's top right that's consciously competent and then it comes down to the final quadrant and you move between these quadrants i've just mentioned the bmv help visits i've moved from the final quadrant unconsciously competent you can do stuff without even thinking backwards to consciously competent an area where i am still unconsciously competent i've mentioned business coaching property investment coaching but also i can do help visits now on control now pay later strategies in my sleep i can listen to someone talking i can hear their problem and i can come up with solutions on the hoof in front of them that work because i'm practiced and i've done so many of these that i can just work out a win-win solution 
really easily, as easily as tying my shoelaces. And the key on this, guys, is if you practice and work hard, you can move around the quadrants. The further around the quadrants you are, the more money you're going to make. But more important than moving around the quadrants is realizing which quadrant you're in. Notice in all those examples, I've got a strategy for still getting to competency. Whether it's I'm going to work hard at it like the divorce and, and listen to my advisors. Whether it's like the stamp duty on multiple dwellings where I've, I've just paid my accountant and they've come up with some amazing advice and now we're competent in how we're going to minimize the stamp duty and get it down to 74k and we're not going to do commercial stamp because that would have cost us 112k and why waste you know all that money when you can get it for 74 plus change it's about having the awareness guys of where you're at so that you can really maximize your performance you can maximize what goes into the sausage machine so you maximize what comes out and if there's one thing you take away from this is don't fall into the trap of thinking you're in a quadrant that's further ahead than it actually is really really important and conversely don't think you're incompetent in something when really you're competent where really if you sat down and followed it, you know, people can build houses by watching YouTube. Don't sell yourself short and think you're in the incompetent half of the matrix when actually you know enough and you can learn enough and you can pay enough professionals in order to get competent. It's really important to stay in that competent side of the matrix to keep practicing, to keep doing stuff and to realize that if you're going to do something new, that's costly. If you do something for the first time, you're instantly on the left-hand side of the matrix. You're going to have to spend money and time in order to get onto the right-hand side of the matrix and be competent. And so anything you do that you've not done before, just be aware that it's going to have a cost to it, like building a house in Menorca. I'm not going to do it because it's too costly. It's not worth it to me. I'd rather buy one that's finished and earn my money in the UK doing what I do than learn all those mistakes and become competent in developing in Menorca as an example. The journey is costly. It costs in terms of time, it costs in terms of money, it costs in terms of ego, and you can't shortcut it. You can't jump from one quadrant to the other without spending some time or some money in getting there. And so guys, I hope I've challenged you today. What I would encourage you to do is to look at your current business and put down what areas are you in each of those quadrants. Guys, if we can help you in any way, if you really want to shortcut the competency matrix, come on one of our seminars. We will show you what competency looks like in sophisticated property investing. It's an investment of 495 plus VAT. We do run promotions on that. So get in touch with us. We'll tell you what promotion we're running at the time and how much you can come for. But that's your seven hour introduction to sophisticated property investing. And that will help you to identify, I promise you, you will not come away from the day going, ah, I knew all of that already. There will be areas of that. Some of them you'll be consciously competent in. Some of them you might be unconsciously competent, but many of them you'll be, by the end of the day, consciously incompetent, where you go, I didn't know that you could do that. That's amazing. I'd love to learn how to do that. So if you'd like to come along to that, guys, get in touch. We look forward to seeing you. Until next time. Happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.